This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, and it is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, totally free. And uh, that is on us. That's freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about tonight, including a socialist that is just... Julia has has been going through this uh, email conversation with this just radical socialist for the past two weeks at least, and it's just so lengthy. We're not going to be able to bring you all of it because it's really good. It's really interesting, uh, but we are going to to highlight some of the extra crazy passages in this guy's email. It'll it will amaze and shock you, amaze and befuddle you. Right, but first, uh, to a civil disobedience story, Mark, in regards to the smoking ban, something that I have suggested on this show from time to time and have kind of always sort of been keeping my fingers crossed and hoping that somebody somewhere would engage in this sort of civil disobedience in that there are cities and, and states all around the country that have passed smoking bans in many cases in all business places, but at least in bars and restaurants. And the only instance of civil disobedience we'd seen up until this point was a man by the name, I believe, of Eric Timmerman, Mm -hmm. who had lit up a cigar inside the city um, council members' chambers Mm -hmm. during a town meeting of some sort. Yeah, he said, let me be the first one to violate your ban. Right. That was brilliant. I I applauded him, thought it was awesome, but uh, there needed to be more. And now there is. What's going on? Well, it's not in the same town or anything, but several, several Colorado Springs bar owners are rebelling against the statewide smoking ban, inviting their customers to openly defy what they call an illegal law. Bruce Hicks, owner of Murphy Street Darts, met with nearly two dozen other bar owners and managers Wednesday, encouraging them to join in a civil disobedience protest that calls for businesses to collect $1 from each smoker to, for a get-out-of-jail fund. The businesses will go to court. So to they're going to pay. It sounds like they're going to pay the fine. Well, um, at, at the very least, they're uh, they're they're letting people smoke. Yeah, okay. The businesses will go to court. The businesses will go to court to fight tickets that they are issued for violating the smoking ban and use the fund to pay the fines. Hicks said the fines are two hundred dollars for the first offense, three hundred for the second, five hundred for others written within a year. The eight-month-old smoking ban um, has cost him twenty-five percent of his business since it wow. went into effect. Hicks said. He began allowing uh, smoking in the bar three weeks ago and said he's just it's brought back my 25 percent. Wow, that's tremendous. Hicks said eight businesses had agreed to join the rebellion last week. Owners of three, the Adams Apple Lounge and Austin Bluffs Parkway, DJ's Bar and Grill on whatever. And uh, this is a cabal, Mark Hicks Bar. Now, uh, just to make it, just just look at this. These guys in this um in, in this these eight businesses, mm-hmm. they are going to steal business away from a whole lot of they're bars. Not stealing anything? Well, they're going to. They're, they're going to take business They're earning away. that business. They, they are. By being very courageous. I don't mean steal in the uh, the, the classic okay. the definition of the, uh, the word. But they are going to get a lot of business from these other bars that don't have the spine to stand up mm-hmm. to the government. <laughs> Hicks said if business owners vig- vigorously fight the uh, tickets in court, prosecuting the cases will be more of a burden than the fines. Ooh, yeah. Yes, I like it. It's going to take... The, Col- Col- the state of Colorado, $6,000 to collect 200 Hicks said. How long do you <laughs> they think... They don't the- care, of course. They will. No, no, they they'll do. spend it. At some point, they'll give up, though. How long do you think the public will allow that? Mm. Colorado Springs police are investigating two businesses suspected of openly violating the ban, Ooh. according to spokesman Lieutenant Raphael 
This is a nation of laws. How dare these business people Mm -hmm. disobey? How dare they defy our precious laws? You'll be punished. Mm -hmm. He would not say the businesses are um, if the businesses are among the bars vowing to defy the ban, but said the department will take enforcement action against any business found to be in violation. Ooh, you're so tough. Well, now that they're tough bureaucrats. Now that they're tough. Now that they're uh, in this article, I suspect they'll go uh, looking for Hicks's bar and uh, DJ's bar. Mm -hmm. Sure, Adams. That's how they work. Yeah, it'll probably bring him some business too. Yeah, being in the, yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I'm sure That's it will. free advertising. Hey, we're sm- uh, you can smoke again in our bar. They expect uh, and these businesses apparently expect to get in trouble. So, as we become aware of those places, we're going to investigate," said Centron. <laughs> when um, it went maybe into a, they'll spend a few weeks investigating, since uh, you know how these things go. They take time. Got to put a task force together and bat- gather evidence. They, I, oh, I wonder if they can get them for their first, second, and third offenses all in the same night. Maybe. When it went into effect July 1st, the ban made it illegal to smoke in any indoor public place except casinos. Why do casinos get the deal? Hmm, I wonder the why. Smoking lounge, you don't think they've got lobbying power, right, do you? Better lobby than the bars do. Um, the smoking lounge at Denver, Denver International Airport, cigar hookah bars, tobacco shops, and businesses not open to the public that have three or fewer employees. The only bar in Colorado Springs that has qualified for the exemption is um, longtime downtown cigar bar, uh, 15C at an alley off uh, Bijou Street. I, I suggest all the bars become cigar bars. The legislator is considering a bill approved Wednesday by the House that would eliminate casinos' exemption. One local bar, the Dead Ant Taver- Tavern, I love that, in uh, Montbello Drive, uh, has shown an opposition to the ban even before it went into effect by hanging a side outside raising, my business, my customers, our choice. Yes. Although the ban wow. has cost him 20 to 30% of his business, owner Neil Hager said... He isn't planning to um, to join those defying it. Hmm. Wuss. Yeah. Well, he can hang a sign, but he won't do anything about it. Well, it's people like him, pansies like him, that uh, are bringing these smoking bans about well, by supporting them. Uh, remember there was... At uh, least last, he hung a sign. Last year, there were... Oh, he was the guy that hung the sign? Right. Oh, okay. Well, he's sort of halfway. Yeah, he's halfway. Well, there were these guys in New Hampshire that supported the smoking ban that were also bar owners. Now, it's going to come up again for another vote here shortly in the House in New Hampshire, another smoking ban here. It lost last year, but no thanks, uh, no thanks to some of the bar owners who essentially said, I mean, this paraphrase what they said, well, uh, I'd really like to ban smoking in my bar, but I I know I'll lose business to the guys down the street, so I'd like to support this law to force everyone to do it. Right. So, no thanks to them. You know, I hope that uh, there are some courageous people like this here in the state of New Hampshire that will also engage in uh, civil disobedience, because that's well, there, awesome. there are some. They're called free staters. They picked up and moved to I know, be here. but ones that own bars. Well, they, they can be encouraged. Um, here's an interesting quote from Hager coming up here. It says, I would join them if I thought it would do any good. Well, Mr. Hager. You can't defeat City do you, Hall. Do you think your crappy little sign's doing any good? Because I don't know whether what these people are doing in open defiance of the law is going to do any good, but I do know what you're doing isn't. So you're just giving up. As so many people have. Let's go to the phones. It's Glenn in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Glenn. Good evening. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, I've called in before about the fact that I and a group of other people were fighting a smoking ban where I live in Missouri. Yeah, what's going on with that? Unfortunately, unfortunately, we fell one vote short last fall, and that passed four Man. to three in the city council. Yikes! And it went into effect January ninth. Okay. And since then, within two weeks, uh, two local bar owners started a petition effort to try and repeal it. 
And uh, what's funny is, is that almost immediately there were people calling the uh, health department to their anonymous uh, uh, smoking violation phone line mm-hmm. and <laughs> claiming that they were smoking in their bars. Really? Yes. So you think they were? Uh, this was a political reported, attack? Yeah, and bar owners reported that uh, you know they were seeing people you know walk into their bar that they'd never seen before, kind of look around and walk out. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, it's like East Germany, you know, uh, the communist East Germany, where, you know, what, one in five people were informants or snitches? Yeah, welcome to the snitch society. This is just another extension of it. So anyway, uh, last night, the the health department and the police did a joint task force and went went to eight different bars to try and catch people smoking, and... What's encouraging is that they found 24 people. Really? That's good. Yes. But that so means they, those, so those bar owners were uh, were that was that in just two those two bars or were there more than the, those two bars? No, the the two bars that started the petition effort were checked. Uh, one of them had no violations. The other one, only the bartender was was on a ticket, and I'm not clear what it was, and the bartender wasn't smoking. Hmm. But in the in the six other bars, uh, you know, 23 people were found. Do you know? Uh, do you have any ideas to whether these bars are going to continue to allow this, or was this an oversight? Are they going to fight uh, the smoking ban? Or are they just going to pay the fines and uh, be good little citizens? I don't know yet. I haven't been in touch with them, but I think it's encouraging that you know, 24 people were flaunting the law. Excellent. Thank you, Glenn. Appreciate it. Just say no to bad laws. More on the way. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet, 8.net, toll-free lines for you. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, including live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version as well, both of them waiting for you, totally free, freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. So Paul is gone, so uh, phone's open for you at 800-259-9231. I mentioned last night at the very end of the show that a hero of mine has uh, has been dead for over a year at this point. His name was Harry Brown. The anniversary was last night. Yeah, it was last night. Uh, last night was his first year uh, not being with us mm-hmm. anymore. And I, as I called myself last night, I'm a, I consider myself a Harry Brown libertarian. Uh, if it weren't for Harry Brown and his work, his brilliant books, um, I probably wouldn't be here doing this show right now, and you wouldn't be listening to it. So um, he's a, he was a great man. He wrote some awesome books. But not only did he write great books, which are, by the way, available in digital form on his website at harrybrown.org. I'm not being paid to say that. That's harrybrown.org. I wish we were. I don't know if there's a lot of money in that. I don't think so. Um, and, in fact, I, had to, I, I was one of the people who contributed money to keep his website online after his death. So not only did he write some excellent Excellent books, but he also wrote some fantastic articles, and all of them are archived at harrybrown.org. They're archived by category. Um, they they address so many different uh, government programs, and uh, in fact, one of his most, I think, probably more infamous 
articles was the one that he wrote or the, the series that he wrote immediately after 9-11. And he was just on the warpath against the U.S. foreign policy mm-hmm. immediately afterwards. He didn't wait. He didn't wait for things to cool off at all. He went right on the attack and he got a lot of heat and he got a lot of flack for it. But uh, the man, uh, the man had a lot of courage. He said what needed to be said when it needed to be said. And on the way here, I want to share something from Harry Brown, one of my favorite articles, one that has been read before on this show. But if you're new to Free Talk Live, you've probably never heard it. And if you aren't so new to Free Talk Live, it probably wouldn't hurt you to hear it again. However, first, there's there are other things to cover here, including what I said I would read last night, but I didn't have time. And this was written by Harry to be read during his funeral service. And I just found it a little bit inspirational. Uh, and then after this, we'll get into, uh, Julia, are you ready with some of your uh, crazy crack pottery? Uh, the, yeah, I've the got some of it. socialist? Okay, good. We'll get into him. But Harry Brown says, uh, this is again, read at his funeral service, setting your sights. He said, as I look back over my life, I can see so many ways which I could have done things better than I did. And I certainly wish that I'd learned a lot of things sooner than I did. And yet I have enjoyed a wonderful life. I'm married to the ideal woman. I have the good fortune to be associated in business with highly competent, honest, compatible people. I've had a book that was number one on the bestseller list and others that sold well above average. I've had first-class friends in many different areas of my life. I've been able to live in three countries and enjoy the best that the world has to offer. I was honored to be the presidential candidate of the Libertarian Party. Twice, Twice, by the way. To uh, To have made so many mistakes and yet to have had so much, it proves that you don't have to be perfect to succeed. When I die, if ever, I'd like the epitaph of my tombstone to read, quote, I didn't do everything I wanted to do. I didn't become everything I wanted to be, but because I aimed for the stars, I reached the top of the world. I don't advise being careless or sloppy. I do advise that you hold fast to your beliefs and act in the best way that you know how, but then forgive yourself whenever you fail to measure up to your standards. Mm. You will never be perfect, but you can be free and happy. I hope you make it. From Harry Brown. Nice. 1-800-259-9231. Just a, just a wonderful man. Very inspirational writings. Um, I'm a huge fan of him, even after after passing. And we'll continue to uh, to have a, a light lit for Harry around here on Free Talk Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, we're going to shift gears into just socialist insanity world. And, Julia, why don't you start somewhere, recap what has been happening to you over the past couple weeks, and then, I guess, jump into some highlights uh, or lowlights, whatever you want to call them, uh, from this socialist nutballs emails that you've been dealing with. All right. Well, I went to college with this uh, kid named Robert uh, probably about three years ago. And I didn't really talk to him very much in college, but he's a pretty outspoken guy. So he has uh, contacted me online on several different occasions. So I was... Because he likes you. No, she's pretty. <laughs> I was sort of surprised in an amusing way when I received an email in my box with an essay that he had written that he'd like me to go over, and the title of it was Global Socialism. <laughs> <laughs> How I, Robert, will take over the world. Now, actually, you started this by not reading it at all and just shooting him an email back, right? Yeah, I replied that I would, did not like the idea of socialism and that I didn't wasn't interested in reading his email at all. So he got very, very upset and asked me to read the email. But I'm going to take over the world. You have to read my email. You could be my socialist queen, Julia. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so I went back and read the email, and when I read the email, it was more interesting than, uh, I guess, usual socialist ideas. Well, I don't think you read a lot of uh, socialist essays. I, I definitely essays. don't, and it was full of the normal um, socialist ideas, but it had some really interesting points in it that I've never heard before, um, mostly which had to do with completely eliminating our monetary system. Well, a lot of socialists I'm believe all for that, that, by the way. A lot of so- well, yeah, I, we're I for that, but not for the reasons he is. No. Yeah, I explained that to him that I agree with you that our monetary system is not right, but you're wrong about how to change it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess he starts his his essay by, and the essay is written like a usual academic essay. It's not very entertaining to read at all. Um, but he started by explaining that uh, it sure is going to be entertaining to pick it apart, though. I can tell you that. <laughs> Well, I've been I've been going back and forth for about two weeks with this guy, and I've I had planned to once it got completely um, silly to and points were being repeated to just stop correspondence with him because obviously I'm not out to convert him, but there were several logical fallacies in his in his essay that I I tried to point out, and I I asked him a lot of questions to no avail, and he would not. He would not reply to my questions directly. He would reply by saying he had already answered them, but he would not just answer the question. Right. In his mind, he's answered it completely. In the essay. Well, he has the he has the most... Uh, he's gone as complete as he possibly can in his little world that he's created, and, you know, just can't go anymore. Right. Completely. Well, she's... Uh, I mean, with her responses, she's essentially threatening his belief system. If he were to answer any of her questions honestly... Uh, then it would it would possibly shatter his precious belief system and, and well, like there's a protective gonna, ring around that. Everything's going to fall happen. into place for him. You know he doesn't have the the all the answers right now. But once mm-hmm. he's once he's king of the world, and you know manages to put everything in play in play, you know uh, all of his major plan network uh, framework in place, then everything will just fall into place. After right, that. and his whole plan requires what he calls later on universal compliance. Yeah, and he doesn't understand why I keep using the word force. He doesn't. He says there is no force whatsoever. No, of course <laughs> not. But he he said the words himself, universal compliance. So how are you going to get everyone to comply without force? They'll all realize how brilliant his uh, master plan is mm-hmm. and fall into line, of course. And we'll talk more about it here in moments. 800-259-9231. A look inside the muddled mind of a socialist. Poor guys. 800-259-9231. The pack at 8.net. Toll free line for you. Your interactions with socialists, if you've got them. We've got one from Lindy coming in here as well. Your calls about anything. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Once again, that's uh, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free, including the bulletin board system. bbs.freetalklive.com gets you to it. You'll notice there are about 200,000 posts there, over 1,500 people interacting and it is all totally free that once again bbs.freetalklive.com do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections SACL CAI does collections early out billing and they purchase charged off receivables SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect they know that not only do you want to collect your money but you want to keep those clients too SACL CAI check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359 
do businesses with businesses that support FTL. SACL, C-A-I. Yeah, we've been talking about this uh, sex offender, not sex offender, excuse me, that's another story for later. Uh, we've been talking about this lunatic, he might be a sex offender, I don't know, this guy from Florida that Julia used nice. to know in person. Well, you know, we invited the dude to call in. Julia invited him to call the show to tell us about his master plan for the world, because he has one. In fact, uh, he's outlined it in several emails to uh, to Julia, and we're going to highlight some of it for you here because he refused to call the show. Perhaps he's a writer and not a talker. Uh, yep, I totally understand that. Uh, he also said he'd refuse to listen to the show. I don't know if I believe him or not. Uh, but nonetheless, Julia, let's jump into this here because uh, he's absolutely nuts. Uh, he's a socialist, and his plan is uh, fascinating in the in the most dangerous sort of a way. What's he got in mind for uh, for the world? All right, well... Um, I guess what's different than what I've normally heard, as I mentioned earlier, was that he wants to eliminate money. And this kid, when I read this, you see that he has absolutely no knowledge of economics at all, which makes sense, of course, because he he's only... school. Exactly. He's he lives only, at home with mom. Uh, yeah, that's the best part of this yeah, all. And is, he's in junior college. Is that he goes to junior <laughs> college. When I knew him, he d- had not, at, at age 20, had a car or any sort of um, job or anything like that. So this kid lives at his mom's house but wants to tell businesses how to run and and he knows he knows everything about money and stuff he knows what's wrong with mm. with the world um so he starts I would out, like to, I would like to say in his defense that this is the same sort of uh you know gibberish that I used to spout when I was uh you know a senior in high school junior and senior in high school i mean i i just believe this kind of nonsense sure someone without any sort of education any true education no, you know it it takes well, time to build these things and i'm not so Right. He makes he's that very clear. In, yeah, he's educated in the classic pro-government sense of education. But you finished um, junior college too, right? Sort of, almost. Uh, what, Actually, you, one, one credit qu- short. You're yeah. one, one credit away from finishing junior college. You're as right, and that was by as, choice. As he is, yeah. Yes. You just don't want to do it. Exactly. So he starts out describing the money situation in his magic land. Um, the monetary incentives would be eliminated, but the reward system of living a much more comfortable life uh, for doing more for society would remain. That's pretty t- traditional of socialists. You work as much as you need, and based on your level of experience... All expert- right, I'm done. But, but be- Not done. <laughs> Going home. But hold on. People do work as much as they need right now. Right. Well, that's what's so funny about this is a lot of it... it it's what we do anyway, but he doesn't seem to understand that at right. all. Well, it, he understands that people are driven by greed um, or you know self-interest in today's society. And if you only, but you only have to work as much as you need in today's society. You only have to. I mean, I could work less and make less and and be fine. But I work more because I want to make more and and at some point not you have greedy to work. Bastard. Yeah, well, actually, one thing actually, that's funny, I think I'd do he, this keeps, if I didn't work. he keeps saying the phrase, the transition from need, or from greed to need. He it, says that over and over well, again. Well, it rhymes, and it's nice. Yeah, it, it's very <laughs> cute. So It uh, worked for uh, OJ's lawyer. <laughs> if the glove doesn't fit, you gots to quit. <laughs> Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> you live in a home that is your own, befitting of what you contribute to society, and purchase whatever food, merchandise, and toys you wish. If you are spending more in a week than you are earning, you would be required to work additional hours or days just as our society runs currently. Now, hold on. I thought we eliminated money. How is it that you're going to work to earn things? Well, he's going to explain that in a minute, what okay. you're actually earning. It's not money. Well, it basically is. It, it's, it's just his it's version. It's not money of, you, can, you can hold in your hand and transfer between uh, one person and I another. See. 
The entire faux monetary system would function on a form of credit. Vacations whenever you desire, provided your credit allows. (laughs) You cannot, however, give credit to others. Your purchase of a painting does not directly affect the artist. It's a, I, there's just so much to pick apart here. I mean, vacations whenever you desire. I mean, that must mean that you could just call up the boss uh, that if morning I wa- and say... What if I want to take a vacation anytime I want? I, I, I don't understand. Who is in charge of, uh, of uh, granting permission for these vacations? I mean, it sounds almost like the government is going to be the boss of everyone, that there's not going to be any sort of managerial content at the businesses anymore. I mean, because if I'm the manager, then I get to decide as to whether or not uh, it's okay for my employees to go on a vacation. Well, um, I, I clearly, I, you know, we all agree that uh, the government makes a poor manager and everything that's managed up to this point, but he obviously doesn't think that, so... Well, he gets really angry ahead. when you say government. He does not think that government will be necessary. He thinks that private businesses will run as they do without money and will make rules. They'll just ab- abide by the rules because they want to. The rules that he's going to set. So if it's just Robert that's in charge, then it, I guess it doesn't qualify as a government. Uh, I guess that's what he's saying. Because he can somehow handle setting all of the rules on his own and enforcing everything. And I, you know, He's not going to enforce, apparently. Yeah, he claims that there's not there's no force involved here mm-hmm. at all, and there right. is no enforcement. Right. Well, just well, wait, didn't uh, didn't he say sentences ago that if you were working or if you were not if you were spending more than you were earning, that you would be forced to work additional hours each week? Right. Well, right. he contradicts himself so many right. times in the emails. But there's no force. There's no force. No. Even though you'd be forced. He gets angry when I use the word force. He doesn't right. see it, and he gets really angry. Amazing. Gibberish. Medicine is provided by non-profit organizations, the workers of which earn credit for their work. Monetary donations... Now remember, someone has to decide who earns what credit for what work. There's a a decider here, and I presume it will be Robert. Hold on. What I love about this part is that medicine is so important to us that it has to be provided by mm non-profits. Wait. If medicine's so important, I want the business that's providing it to make a profit. Oh, there won't be any profits in his world. Yeah, there are no profit profits equals greed, according to Robert. Yes. But the, if, if there's no profit, um, then how do people make money and take these vacations and credit. Um, do what they want? Credit. Yes, but credit is just money. That's right. Yeah. Well, he doesn't. Oh, but under- it's not. It's different. It's different. He than says money. that it's like money, except he's eliminated the profit, so that makes it okay. But uh, hold We're on, gonna call them Robbies. Here's here's <laughs> what he doesn't understand: is he thinks that the worker, <laughs> the worker making profit on their labor, because when you turn labor into um, money, you've made a profit. You know, you you mm. trade. I trade my time to Ian for um, an hourly wage. I've made a profit on my labor. He hasn't eliminated profit. He doesn't even understand what profit is. Yeah. He thinks that businesses are bad. Yes. And oh, yes. Therefore, if a business makes money, that's a problem. But the business, he thinks businesses are bad, but yet they'll are, they're all going to allegedly voluntarily opt into this system. <laughs> right. That takes away all their incentives. Mm-hmm. Medical care will be provided as needed, and no charges will ever be issued. Right, because why would people want to provide medical care if there's no money in it? Well, I asked him that question repeatedly because he says the same thing over for all businesses. Everything right. we have. Here's, here's what I, I love about the communists and socialists, that they, they just don't seem to get it. As though I am going to get up every morning and do my job as a plumber or a garbage man or uh, you know as any any number of distasteful jobs to me computer programmer would be a uh, a, a highly distasteful job accountant i'm going to get up and do my job 
um, is any of these things simply because I love the work. Oh, I, you're doing I it to get government tubes. script. I love copper tubes, and I love to put them together and make water run Don't through them. That's why I'm a plumber. Don't you want credits? But wait, wait, th- Yes, because I want to make a profit. Right, and you'll do the work, and you'll get government credits from Robert. But who's going to manage me? Who's going to manage me? I mean, may, maybe I can manage myself, but there's a lot of people in the world that can't manage themselves. That's what they need bosses for. Those people, if they don't go to work, where do I be get the money, of. the credits to buy the copper tubes so that I can have them when the government customer wants will, to buy will them? Provide that for you. Oh, really? I I really want a tube made by the um, the government. I want a pipe made by the government. Well, well, he gets angry when you suggest that the government's going to make it. All right, more on the way. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Your calls about whatever's on your mind as well. This is the this is uh, well free talk live, and that's the packet eight dot net till free line. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet8.net, toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so do enjoy those. They're on us, though. We do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff over at store.freetalklive.com. we got Free Talk Live t-shirts and hats and other merchandise like the Free Marketeer flag, also, uh, DVD Classic Archive collector sets, they're all there for you. And free bumper stickers. Get the details at store.freetalklive.com. That's store.freetalklive.com. And go shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com for everything else you might happen to need in life. There's 35 categories of products, many items with free Super Saver shipping. Great way to get the shopping done, get the stuff you need delivered to your door, and help Free Talk Live out. Because if you shop through amazon.freetalklive.com, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. I want to get back to more uh, with the socialist crackpot here in moments, but Mark's been waiting patiently on the line from Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Julia and Mark. Hello, Mark in Florida. Mark in Florida, going once. Can you hear me? Hey, there we, we go. got you. What's on your mind? Oh, okay. Uh, I got a story here out of Largo, Florida, your old stomping grounds, Ian. Yeah. Uh, Steve close. Stanton. You know the name? Yeah, yeah, we're familiar with uh, Largo. I'm also okay. fa- I'm also uh, familiar with Steve Stanton. Okay, you know that he was uh, terminated. Yes. Uh, what do you think about this story? Guy says he wants a sex change operation, and the reason basically that at a five-two vote, small government decides they want to get rid of him is because quote, if Jesus was here tonight, I can guarantee that he'd want him terminated. <laughs> That was uh, a quote from Pastor Ron Saunders of Largo's Lighthouse Baptist Church. He, uh, now, he... I thought Jesus was omnipresent, so why wouldn't he be in Largo? And, um, you know, I thought that Jesus said he was without uh, sin, cast the first stone, and uh, stepped in front of the crowd that was looking to uh, kill the prostitute. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you make of this? I mean, if Ian changed his name, one letter in his name, he became Jan and came into work tomorrow... And he was wearing a dress and had a sex change operation. Would you have a problem working with him? I would make fun of him. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd have a lawsuit, because that would be sexual harassment if I was working with the government. <laughs> I was just curious. You know, we were talking about this. My wife and I were just sitting there at the breakfast table talking about this. And seriously, where do you stand on this? If I the think they should come... leave him alone. It's his business. Uh, yeah, the impact, though, that it might have on coworkers, you don't find that that to have any degree of significance at all, though. 
What, the guy changing his sex I mean, as far as going to a different bathroom? I mean, what, the, what other impact would there be except well, in their minds? This, this is the problem with any, any government job is that we all get to have an opinion about it. Um, whereas yeah. if, if Steve had his own jo- a job doing uh, managing, you know, I don't know, he's a, he's a contractor and, and does uh, the plumber. You know, some kind of work, yeah. you know, it, at that point, it doesn't matter what your opinion is about his yeah, work. Well, you could still have an opinion. But yeah. since he's the city manager and, um, you know, he works for me, I get to have an opinion. Well, the interesting thing that I question, he makes $140,000 a lot of year. All right. However, if he were a woman with not equal pay arrangement, could they have held on to him and paid her less? Mm, that's an interesting question. Well, yeah, these are all theoretical things. Give him a pay cut because he changed he, his sex. He immediately hits the glass ceiling. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Mark, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate hearing from you. By the way, that's uh, that's also known as, um, that guy's Mr. Moohead. He hosts uh, a sports show. Hey, he's ready for the sound effects. Thank you, Mark. All right, thanks, man. 800-259-9231. He's Mr. Moohead. He hosts a uh, sports show about all Cleveland sports. So if you're a Cleveland sports fan, you can actually listen to his show on our live stream from 5 to 6 o'clock Eastern time every day. And, uh, you know, as far as sports shows go, he's an entertaining guy, as you can tell. So uh, He's got a cow He's yeah. got a cow thing. He's got a cow noise. I mean, what, can he, <laughs> what, what do you want? Do? Uh, so yeah, you can get details there at listen.freetalklive.com. That's where we list. That's where we list all the other interesting programs that uh, are included on the Free Talk Live stream because it's not a 24-hour stream of Free Talk Live. It's uh, Free Talk Live during Free Talk Live hours. And then if you're listening outside of Free Talk Live hours, you might come across Mr. Moohead or you might come across Red Bar Radio or one of the other shows uh, that we host on our stream. So I just thought I'd share. There's that. quite a few out there. There are four or five of them. And as a matter of fact, Paul in Washington D.C., you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello. Paul. How you doing, guys? Great. Hey. What's on your mind? Uh, well, um, well, I was looking at the bio that you guys have on MySpace, and I came across that, um, I can't remember if it was Mark or Ian, but you had uh, attended the Osprey School in Florida? Uh, I went to uh, a school called Pineview in Pineview, Osprey, Florida. Mm-hmm. Pineview. And that is for the gifted and exceptionally talented? That's what they say. I mean, whatever. It, right. it really seems to me like they just have a bunch of dorks there. So I think yeah. it's a school hey, for dorks. Hey, look. I, I, too, was part of the Gibson Talented program, but I found, here's the thing, accredited schools in the United States, it's either public or you're nothing, unless it's like one of those really ritzy-ditzy parochial schools. And I think there should be more alternatives to something like that, because all I had was public school system and their gifted program or nothing. Or I had to go back to, you know, parochial school, which was actually more advanced than public school, believe it or not. Sure. And I'm just wondering, what can someone do to find stuff like that for their kids, and how can we make it more acceptable? Wait, wait, what can someone do to... I remember a kid who was in Miami, and he attended K-12 down in Miami, and then his school said, oh, your uh, diploma is invalid. Wait, I don't understand your question. Are you asking what can parents do to find more government school options that are gifted? No, not government school options. I want private no, alternatives. Private alternatives. Now, um, open the phone book. All I can tell you is uh, I remember in eighth grade, and this is. I want some... it to be more credible. Look in the phone book. I understand that, but I want it to be credible. Uh, when I was in eighth grade at uh, you know the uh, private school that I went to, we had a uh, college guy come by, and I think that they were trying to essentially pitch high school um, at that private school to us. I did not go to high school at that private school, but he um, he said that more or less his college takes uh, the grades 
from, you know, that school and knocks them up a notch. So if you got a B, he counts it as an A, that kind of thing. Um, I, I think that I think you may your friend may have just experienced something unusual. Private schools, uh, by and large, at least the larger ones. I mean, mine had 500 students in it in the, the mid 80s, are accepted at most colleges. I think. I mean, unless things have changed. Yeah, I'd I'd be shocked if that weren't the case because typically uh, people send their kids to private schools. They plan on sending them to college. A lot of uh, people with uh, you know doctors and lawyers, people with the money to send kids to private schools, and they do. Um, they, they don't. Yeah, they, gen- generally, they those people you're talking about do not send their kids to public school. Right. I've known people. I mean, Jason, one of our former co-hosts on the show, he went to private school mm-hmm. and he didn't have any pro- um, trouble getting into college. So I don't know what happened there. Oh, it's not that I had a problem going into college. I'm just. I think that there's it's too little choice. Sure. Well, of course there's too little choice. The government has uh, a near monopoly yeah, on the education system. It. And not yeah. only that, it's someone who attended Pine Butte. What the now? system has worked as far as that. I mean, it, you, you were lucky. Is that, was that a school that was specifically designed for gifted and talented? I don't know. I, yes. I, I got the feeling that Pineview was more of a school designed for upper middle class and high cl- uh, higher class people who didn't want to send their kids to uh, to private schools. Well, uh, they sort of had like the best government school teachers. Right. It's a, it's had, essentially a private school um, a private okay. school run by the city. I, I was under the but impression um, that you know, it was the, like it's, it's very strange that Sarasota has a has an extraordinary amount of uh, geniuses per capita that go to Pineview, but at the same time, you can't be a dope and go to Pineview. Correct. Yeah. Well, so, what I found is that when I was in public school and I attended the gifted program, I was ostracized <laughs> by my fellow classmates. Why is that? Because they took you out as soon as you went in. You went in for about a half an hour. They took your attendance, and then they took you out of class. And then you attend a class with about 20 other kids for the rest of the day. And then for the last two periods, the ones that were for normies, you know, you normies? attended those. And you got jeered at and whatnot. And oh, so I'd rather, the it, when I have children, I don't want them to have to face that kind of... I that see. Kind you're, of, you're saying you know, it was the regular school... You're saying it was the regular school kids that were making fun of you for being in the gifted program. Yes. Yeah, that goes that goes on in uh, in Even Sarasota. Teachers yeah. did that, which really <laughs> well, it's part of the dumbing down of America. I mean, that's it. You know, I noticed this when I was in school. It was cool to be stupid. Yeah, that's, it's encouraged. Hey, look, my whole life I shot to be an average kid because I was told that that was the way to be. You know, right. Well, and it's being, sad. being separated from a regular school, the, the Pineview was all in one. It was just one gifted, so-called gifted school. So there weren't any regular school kids around to do that. However, of course, if someone found out on the outside world that you were a Pineview student, you'd get that same sort of treatment. Because, again, it's cool to be stupid in America today. And that's just a problem with, uh, with the government school system. At my private, I, I, that happened to me in, in high school when I went to public school. But at my private school, that did not happen. Everybody was expected to try their butt off to get on the dean's list. Right. Well, see, I went to a parochial school up until sixth grade. And then after that, yeah, it was needling by kids. It has more to do 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 with the dumbing down of America than anything else. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. We'll get back into the socialist insanity world here in moments in hour number two. And take your calls about whatever you want. 800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. 
help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net, toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. Enjoy them. They're on us. That, once again, freetalklive.com. Last hour, we began talking about a maniac. Uh, a, psych- a psychopath, a man who He's is not a maniac. Or he a is a psychopath. Yes, he wants to impose his grand scheme for the world on everyone, uh, whether they like it or not. While he sits in his room at his mom's house, right. by the way. This is a a guy who. Uh, let me just see if I can recap where we've been so far. He is, as you say, living in his mom's house, going to community college. He's been educated by the government his whole life, and he has. I guess, brilliantly uh, thought about the changes that need to be made to the world in order to eliminate poverty, eliminate uncertainty, eliminate everything that's bad about life, and uh, make everything perfect and uh, and wonderful. And so he's been outlining his perfect vision for you, Julia, in a series of emails that uh, you guys have been sending back and forth for the past two weeks. And essentially, he, he is a, he's a socialist. But he wants to do his socialism differently than those evil dictators did socialism. He wants to do a nice, fuzzy, warm version of socialism that uh, is just going to be wonderful for everyone. I don't see why anybody's going to get on board with this guy, um, with this kid's plan. Well, unless, he believes they will he has all a, get on board. A machine gun to go with it. Well, he he insists, and he's insisted over and over again that there's no force involved in his plan. This is going to be something that everybody is going to realize once he can propel it into the public eye. I don't know how he's going to do it, but. Uh, once he, once everybody gets wind of his brilliant ideas, they will immediately say, yes, Robert, that's his name, Robert in Florida, you are right, I've always been looking for a system like this, uh, let's implement this as soon as possible. He believes that all people will, uh, will essentially uh, assimilate this particular system of his, which includes the elimination of money. Now, we agree to the extent that the government monetary system blows in America today, and should be destroyed and replaced with, now in our opinion, should be replaced with private alternative competing currencies uh, in a free marketplace. However, Robert has a different vision. What's his vision for money, All right. Julia? The biggest change is simply removing the dollar from society. Simple. Um, hey, take it out. It's gone. If you do not want to work, you do not have to. You're Great. S- your savings will be used. And By the your way, house- if you don't want to work today, you don't have to. Yeah, Exactly. Then your house will be repossessed and your belongings auctioned. You would then have public housing and receive only the bare minimum to, bare minimum to survive. Who's going to give that to you? The government. government. How's the government going to get it? I, I'm not sure. He won't really answer the questions. And actually, that brings the next point he brings up is there's no taxes either. In Robert's well, there's no taxes because the government uh, has... The, the government prints, well, prints, makes all the money because the money is exists in this uh, computer it's world. It's digital, digital money. Right. Um, so, essentially, the government taxes... You see, money isn't wealth, and this is where he doesn't understand. You know, money is a means to gain wealth. Wealth is stuff you can touch. Money's a representation of sh- uh, part of your wealth. It is, but it's not, you know, it's not real-world wealth. You have real estate, which is land and other things that you can touch all the things that you own is mm-hmm. the real wealth and then you have this you know monetary representation that in the bank there's also nebulous wealth as well just things that uh, you benefit from without necessarily being able to touch them um 
All right. So he wants to eliminate money and replace it with what? Government-issued credits. Now, he claims that they're not government issues. He'll get into this in a, in a little bit. They're Robert-issued. <clears throat> no, they're mm-hmm. issued from private businesses that will exist anyway, even though there's no transferable wealth. Like, How's a business going to create wealth? How's a business going to be... Uh, Why is a business going to exist without profit? Well, um, I don't understand any of this. Now, if I have a business, I can then create money and give it to people? No, well, that can't be it. There's got to be a, some sort of central control office to dictate all Even so, I'd just create a bunch of money, give it to myself, and go out of business. Well, whenever I ask him about that, he justifies it by saying, well, we already have central control anyway, so I'm just changing it around a little bit. He's, he's right about no force, that. No force, of course. Involved. Yeah, but there is no force. He, he gets angry when I mention force. Well, he, doesn't, he just doesn't understand the monetary system at all, and he's, he's trying to come up with plans and stuff, and you know, he doesn't know enough about the world to, right. to really he, be able to come up with anything. He's sitting in his mommy's um, um, office or wherever it is that he sits all day long, uh, doesn't really have any concept uh, or understanding of what money is, what business is all about, and he just believes that money's evil. He believes it's the root of all evil. He's essentially following all the cliches he's been taught in government high school, and he believes that if he just gets rid of the physical dollars and creates this government script program, this government credit program, that all of the world's problems will be solved. But, but as you, as I understand it, Julia, didn't he say that you can't actually? transfer these credits amongst one another? That's correct. How does that work, according to him? You you get paid by government credits, which you're saying aren't actually created by the government, but are created by private businesses? Yeah, um, I'll, I'll get into it. How in a does a private business get the authority to create the money? Does Robert grant it to them? I guess. he. One of the things that's so confusing about this email is that when I ask questions of that sort, which we've been going back and forth throughout two weeks doing yeah. so, he won't really answer them. He answers a few, avoids the rest, and basically just tells me I need to read it again. And I've read it over and you over know, if and he over wants, again. If he wants the world to accept his grand vision, then he's going to have to answer a few questions. It's, not gonna, it's just not going to pass muster to say, go read my original essay. It answers everything. Right. Sorry. <laughs> not going to be very popular. All right. So he goes on to say, uh, there are no taxes. Uh, Products for export provide currency directly for the government, but not converted into credit as not to upset the economic value of the faux currency. Didn't he say there would be no government? Yeah. Well, he says over and over again, there's no government involved here. But he just said there was a government. He said that products for export would be giving money to the government. So he believes that... Uh, if you I get businesses that will sell products to other countries, those other countries are going to want our government credits somehow. Are they going to? Well, pay? why would I? Um, I, no, uh. I, think, I think that he get they get all the money from the 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 stuff that they that I decide to send to Japan. I don't right. know why I would uh, build things and use for society. Mark, but you're doing it all for society. Apparently, the good of society. I mean, I would have to spend some of my credits in order to get the raw materials to make whatever it is I'm sending over there too. I, but you can't spend credits, can you? No, you can't. Well, you can basically you, the way you he, buy things, but the person doesn't receive them. Yeah, exactly. The credits. And the credits. that's actually in the next paragraph, I believe. All right. So he says, paychecks will be taken care of. It will all be electronic and automatic. It will not be shifted from Poof. anywhere. To <laughs> 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 it will not be shifted from anywhere to anywhere, but simply proliferated by paychecks. Right. Um. The, the government is going to print money, and yes. it will be worth something. I swear it will. But it's not printing money. It's only printing a paycheck telling you how many tr- credits are now in your government you know, credit account. The silly thing about this is is you're going to come to me for my plumbing business or whatever, mm-hmm. and 
um, you're going to spend money with me, or you're going to use your credits, your little gold stars from the government for being a good person. Um, you're going to spend those with me, but I'm not going to get them. I'm going to return them to the government because my little computer is just going to scan them in and bloop, off they go. Mm. And then I'm going to do the job because... I want to get credits from the government for being a good plumbing business, and I'm sure the government's going to be very, very good about deciding what it takes to be a good plumbing yeah, business. Yeah, can you imagine the arbitration system here? I mean, can you imagine if I have a problem with your plumbing job, how that's going to be dealt with? <laughs> I can't even imagine. No, I can't. But I'm going to do a very, I'm going to do a very good job because I want the government's gold stars. I guess is what the thought process is, but. You know, after I've been in business for just a little while, I'll probably have figured out whatever government. There's probably some rules how mm-hmm. I get paid um, as a plumbing business, how I get my money, and then I'll do whatever it takes to get the rules to get the most amount of government gold stars that I can get, and then I'll have extra time during the day because you know we wouldn't want to make it too hard because otherwise the other plumbing businesses won't be able to compete and competition's bad. And then I'm gonna, you know, every once in a while somebody's gonna come along that's gonna say, hey, you know. I don't want to use my credits. I don't have any right now or whatever my reason is. And mm. I'd like to trade you this, you know, three chickens or uh, this, you know, these three ounces of silver or this brand new silver. car or something else, mm. something like suppose you're in the business of pick a business. Um, hmm. Uh, I don't know. You're a, radio talk, you're a radio talk show host. Okay. <laughs> and you really don't have anything of value to give me for it So you, you know, from your business. So you're going to have to substitute things. We need an inter- intermediary. Subst- yeah. What, the, what that intermediary thing is and has been for a very long time that's in money. society, that's money. And that money is going to be gold, silver, copper, that kind of thing. Well, there's more about his grand vision for society here in moments. 800-259-9231. We'll talk more about his alleged monetary system, which isn't actually a monetary system that's not actually run by a government, but is run by a government, but uh, more on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll free line for you. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And we invite you to join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Take a look at the Shrine of Female listeners. We've got dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. And we put them up on our shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. See what that's all about. That's once again Shrine. .freetalklive.com. Do you enjoy uh, building things? Well, woodcraftplans.com has hundreds of blueprints for things like lawn chairs, rocking horses, yard shadows, fine furniture, and more. Step-by-step instructions and full-size patterns guide all skill levels. Woodcraftplans.com supports FTL, so please support woodcraftplans.com. That's woodcraftplans.com. We're in the midst of a, a few emails, actually a series of them, that Julia has been engaged in for the past two weeks with a psychopath, a uh, sociopath, a maniac, uh, a man who believes <laughs> that he has uh, that if the world would just implement his brilliant plan, he believes it's brilliant, that everyone would be would be uh, happy, everyone would be satisfied, uh, there would be no more poverty, there would be no more health problems, that everything would be just wonderful if we would just implement his socialist you know, plan. A psychopath is a person who views the world. Um, differently like significantly differently than the rest of the world um, the rest of humans and most humans at least most americans that i've met view the world in this guy's uh, manner now they may not uh, have his same grand scheme mm-hmm. but whatever it is whatever centralized plan they have um, for governing people that's going to fix whatever problem it is is the same thing this kid's doing he's just doing it on a grander scale what was your definition of psychopath? I believe it's a person who views uh, the world, uh, you know, significantly differently than uh, than we do. 
Well, let's see. According to uh, Dictionary.com, it is a person with an antisocial personality disorder manifested in aggressive, perverted, criminal, or amoral behavior without empathy or remorse. It doesn't have anything to do with popularity. Um, I think I can find a definition to back, um, to, to uh, combat yours, but go ahead. All right. Well, anyway, let's get back into it here because there's so much uh, insanity to cover and so little time. I mean, these are lengthy, lengthy emails that you've received, Julia. You're essentially just plucking parts of them out and sharing them with us. Uh, but essentially, this guy wants to get rid of money, but at the same time, he wants to create his own little government credit system. But he claims that he also wants to get rid of the government because, I uh, don't know, well, he's claiming that he wants a government, but he also says he doesn't want a government. How does he re- uh, justify all this? He, I guess, he get there will be a government, but what he does is he says, well, we already have a government, so we might as well have a government like we do now, except my government will be better. And he says that his government will be better because there won't be any poverty, and he doesn't It'll really... be run by him. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't really give any reasons as to why, and I ask lots of questions, which he avoids entirely, and I asked him to call on the show tonight, and he would not. Uh, but basically, he's got the, I'm a socialist, and all other socialists failed, but my, if I'm in charge, it's going to work idea, which is very common among socialists. Right, he talks, right, he talks trash against the uh, socialists of old. You know, the old dictator types. Right. They, they couldn't make it work. But the funny thing is, um, Lenin tried to do away with money when he set up the, the Soviet Union the mm-hmm. first time. Didn't work. What happened? Um, well, it just, things, things ground to a stop. There's no money. Yeah. Um, I, it's amazing. People this immediately guy, went into the black market. This guy believes that he can remove money, that he can remove incentive, that this government uh, script system, this credit, credit system that he's going to create, is going to motivate people to do work? He believes that this government credit system that you can't use to spend on things is going to motivate people to continue doing what they're doing today. I it's guess not so. To some extent, I kind of see it, and it comes from the world that he's lived in. Basically, every you know, he's been taken care of his whole life by his mother, and he's gone to school. At school, you get grades. Um, and basically what the government's doing is giving out grades. Right. You're a good plumber. You get, um, if you're an A plumber, you get 500 credits a week. If you're a B plumber, you get 400 credits a week. If you're a C plumber, you get 300 credits. You understand? So obviously if you're a people, D plumber, you get reassigned. People, you know, people want to do better. But I don't, understand, I, don't, I don't understand the reason for his government. Well, money equals greed. Is why. But then going for these gold stars is um, greed too, right? Well, he doesn't think so. Only money equals greed. Gold okay. stars don't and equal greed. And why is greed, greed bad? Uh, he goes into it in a minute, actually. Let me see if I can. Uh, j- just while she's looking there, um, schizophrenia was what I was thinking of. It is a uh, psychiatric, um, psychiatric diagnosis that describes a mental disorder characterized by impairments in the perception or expression of reality. Oh, uh, yes. Sorry. All right. Well, uh, here's his paragraph about money. I asked him what was wrong with money. His, re- his response is, money breeds greed. That is what's wrong with money. In my proposed world, (laughs) you don't need to have dollars to live in comfort. You have prestige based on your occupation, your specialization, and what you give to the world. And based on... How does he intend to eradicate greed? Because as far as I can tell, greed is a natural, inborn um, thing in humans. Uh, You know, self-interest is what I would call it, as opposed to greed. As John Stussel says, greed is good. Greed greed is more like um, wanting to get more... And be willing to hurt people in the process, do bad things. That's not necessarily true. It's not necessarily true, but that's what the popular he thinks. That's the popular thought process behind what greed is. Right. Self-interest, 
on Greed's the other just hand, a motivator. Um, right. I get it. I, I, I understand what you're okay. saying. But at the same time, self-interest is a better term is better terminology to use um, because it doesn't have the same stigma that greed does. Yes. Greed being, I believe, a, a de- deadly sin. I can't remember for sure. Um, Envy. One of those. Yeah. The so, you know, the, this guy to assume that you can just get rid of greed by getting rid of money. Is ridiculous. Yeah, it is. To assume well, that you can just get rid of money I mean, is ridiculous. He talks about the things that people want: vacations, nice houses, <laughs> um, furniture, all that you other stuff. You can have it all under my system. I mean, as though it's just going to poof appear out of nowhere. Remember, he said you could take vacations anytime you wanted to. You know, and and currently, I trade things for the things I want. I trade radio ads to get money, mm-hmm. so that I can buy stuff. I'm not really, you know, it's not money that's so great. I don't. Put my money it's out on the, the bed and roll around on it. Right, no, it's the stuff. I want to pay my rent so the that I can services. have a house, you know, to live in. I want to be able to, you know, buy water. groceries. All those things that people want. Give me some more. Joy you know, animals and plants are greedy. They consume oxygen and the flesh of other animals. How dare they? And you know, this, this, it's just ridiculous it to is. think you can supplant greed is foolish. Well, the, the communists uh, in Russia discovered that that was just wrong. And there was an excellent example of it. Oh, I wish I remember the movie. There's a great, um, a pretty good movie about a sniper, a Russian sniper. And I'll see if I can uh, figure out what it is, and I'll talk to you more about it in a little bit. But let's go with more of his insanity here, Julia. All right. When asked about taxes, taxes will not exist. He admits that governments can't exist without taxes. He says, this is true, but only because governments must barter from corporations like any other organization. Even well, really know what, what that means. Wait a mean? second. Well, yeah. the government has to buy um, $500 hammers, is what he's referring to. Well, you know, the government buys really expensive crap from. That's right. That's not bartering with corporations. Well, it's, it's purchasing it, it, I'm so, items. I'm trying to figure out what this gobbledygook yeah. that this guy's talking about, and that's the best thing I can come up okay. with. Now, why? How, hold on. If people work for the government, how are we going to pay them? Exactly. Government credits. I guess. That they just, the make, out of, they, yeah, they just make out of thin air. You get an extra gold star because you work for the government. You're helping society. He is essentially claiming he's going to pay people in these credits by how much their actions benefit society, which means there needs to be a great decider. There needs to be someone or a board of people or something like that, Robert and Robert's friends, that will decide if your actions as a radio salesperson are more worthy of society's benefits than Julia's actions as a plumber. And I don't know how they're going to make that decision. That whole decision-making process is going to absolutely destroy the marketplace because the government can't decide what's worth uh, what's. They can't decide value. Only buyers and sellers can decide that. And he's removing buying and selling from the entire equation. Uh, you're absolutely right, Mark. This is going to explode into a black market. More absolutely. on the way. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want, toll free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. And that does include archives, an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience, totally free at freetalklive.com. Is there a young person that's important to you? Give them financial literacy. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. 
The average college student graduates with $7,000 in credit card debt. That's no way to start a life. Buy them a kid's journey to getting rich at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. Or call 1-800-657-5066. That's 800-657-5066. If you've listened to Free Talk Live for a a little while, you know that I love a good crazy person. (laughs) And I'll give them plenty of airtime. Um, and that's what we're doing tonight. There's a, a crazy man down in Florida. His name's Robert. He thinks he's very smart, though. Um, and he's just been indoctrinated by the government. There's a, there's a possibility that Robert could be turned around. There's a, sure. A, a very, I'd, I'd say a strong possibility. A very slim possibility. He's but it, thinking about politics and about political systems, and I think that this, that in and of itself is a step in the right direction. I've well, got to say, as someone who knew him, that he was not a dummy by any stretch of the imagination. He was an intelligent guy. Mm-hmm. He liked to read. You know, He wasn't... He wasn't a dummy, but he is so indoctrinated that he has no idea what he's talking about. Yep, so what he's been uh, essentially espousing... Well, he's grown up with, with everybody coming up with political systems. Well, this will work and that will work. Well, yeah. you know, obviously, in that um, world that where people are coming up with political systems, you're going to say, well, no, I know that I can make one that works. Yeah, that's what he's doing. He's uh, essentially coming up with his grand scheme for global... What's it called? Global socialism? Global socialization. Global socialization, and it involves... Doesn't that mean socialization? Doesn't that mean, uh, you know... Did I say socialization? Yeah, I okay. meant socialism, That's I'm like sorry. what you do when you take your dog to the mall. <laughs> Global <laughs> I socialism. I meant socialism. <laughs> where it essentially involves eliminating money, but not really, because the government will create this uh, government credit system, and uh, the, the, the government credits, though, that he wants to install... Uh, won't be able to be transferred from individual to individual. In fact, it'll only be able to go uh, from you back to the government. And the whole system is just nutso because it's going to create, as we just touched on, a a huge black market in that... I cannot use the government credits that he's going to create to purchase products. A black market to the point that it will actually bring down his government. His government will cease to exist. And he is not, as I'll, I'll point out later, he is not restricted silver for private use he says if you want to use silver or another private currency go for it right and he also says that 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 his government will not use force in the implementation of his plans that's correct he doesn't have a government then yeah because a government governs and the only way that it can govern is through force right and the only way that that force can be implemented the only way that it can be threatened against people is machine guns which is why i say he's guys with helmets and, and flak vests which is why i say he's crazy because uh if you he wants universal compliance he says this later on in one of his emails Look, if you want to mandate that uh, that there are going to be these card swiping systems in every single business in America, and businesses don't want to comply, but yet you need universal compliance, at some point there's going to be force involved. Yeah. Look, I don't want to play with your little government well, script system. Th- at some point, yes, because but most people wouldn't get to th- won't get to that point if you use that force infrequently. But the fact is. That force does get used. People get put in jail um, for not paying their taxes to the IRS. People, people get um, put in jail for not, you know, following all kinds of government rules. That's where the gun is, and you have to put people in jail. Um, you know, kid. Essentially, you're serious. If you know, putting people in jail is, is without the government is essentially kidnapping. If I were to take somebody um, and put them into a locked room it's still with kidnapping bars, with it's, the government, it's kidnapping. But since it's the government gets to decide what these things are called, it's putting them in jail yeah so um you know the government has to do these things now and then in order to show the rest of us sheeple that hey you better do what you're told if, or you're going to jail if they're and not if you tried not to go to jail if you use one of your guns to be able to fight off these mm-hmm. armed people that are going to put you in a cage 
you're going to die. If there, if his system is truly voluntary, then he's going to have to answer some serious questions about the the whole system. And he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to answer your questions in email. He doesn't want to come on this show and answer our questions. He must on the not air. be very confident about his plan. Well, because you know, as a business owner, let's say that I um, I own a Panera Bread company, which happens to um, happens to be where you work during the day. And uh, let's say I own a, a franchise for Panera Bread, and this guy is somehow managing to get on television and radio and promote his ideas, and he's somehow managing to get them out there, which, of course, is another obstacle, he, another hurdle he's going to have to jump over. Yeah, he's going to have to leave his mom's house. Is somehow promoting these ideas and, mm-hmm. and popularizing them. Uh, if, he's, if he's getting on television saying, all right, we're going to create this government credit system, and uh, we need universal compliance, but we're not going to force you to comply but we do need universal compliance, so I want everybody to get on board with this program. And I say, okay, wait a minute. You want to take away my dollars that I currently have, right. that I'm currently running a business where people are handing me cash money all day long, and I'm giving them change, and we're handing products out, and there's business being transacted. You want me to change all of that and install your little government credit card system and do nothing but that? What's in it for me, pal? I'm doing fine here. I'm making four thousand dollars a day, or twenty-five thousand dollars a week, or however much a, a company like that makes. I'm making all this money. I'm paying my employees. My business is successful. Why on earth would I want to undertake this grand change? What uh, what could you possibly say to me to get me to take on to get rid of a system where I can, as bad as it is, as bad as the Federal Reserve note system is, at least there it's still transferable between individuals. You want me to get rid of a system where individuals can transfer money between one another and replace it with a government credit card where when it's swiped at my register, the credits don't even go into my account. Right. They go back to the government, and then the government decides, whoever the government is at that time, decides whether or not I'm worthy, and then they'll give me a little gold star on my credit card so I can then go and swipe it. It's just absolutely insane. I can barely even wrap my head around this. <laughs> and he wants to he thinks he can convince all of the business owners in the world to just follow along with this voluntarily that they're just going to throw down all their cash and all of the things they've uh, they've created in life and in their business and say, "Yes, this is it. This is the moment we've been waiting for." I mean, he is in a grand delusion here to think that this is this system and the implementation of it isn't going to involve force. It has to involve force because already He's he's encountering a problem already. This his ideas haven't been spread far far beyond Julia up until tonight, right? Maybe he's emailed his little essay to a couple of his other socialist yeah, buddies, probably. and they they emailed him back and said, "Yeah, can I be on your board of uh, decision makers to decide who gets the gold stars?" Uh, I mean, really, I, is, I expect that they they would expect to be compensated for this board um, decision. Well, they get gold stars. They'd be the they elites. They'd stars. have an unlimited supply of, of gold stars. I don't know why anybody wants these damn gold stars. I, I don't know why either. And again, these are questions that are going to have to be answered. And uh, he's going to have to end up justifying and explaining how this system could possibly, possibly be implemented without using force on people. Because already, it's been ex- uh, it, as soon as it was shared with Julia, it's now been shared with you and I, Mark. Yeah, implementation is completely us, impossible. All three of us do not agree one iota with this system, except for maybe getting rid of the Federal Reserve notes. But we want to replace those with silver and gold, and he doesn't want that. Well, the- so, I mean, really, he's already encountering resistance to his universal compliance. Now, Julia, what it, you asked him, what could you do if you didn't want to participate in this system? Was there an alternative? 
Yeah, well, actually, the irony of it was when I asked him, if I don't like your rules and I don't want to play along with it, can I? what can I do? And he said, if you don't like it, you can leave. Now, <laughs> the, the title of his essay is yeah, called Global, Global Socialization. Socialization. So where no, am I going to go? Socialism. Oh, gosh. Socialism. <laughs> so where am I going to go? The moon? I mean... He, that's that's the point is he he really has not thought this through I think isn't it funny I think it's funny hearing a socialist use the old sort of any southern conservative term you don't like it you can leave <laughs> yeah I found that very amusing <laughs> and it's uh, um he also needs global compliance yes he, he universal compliance Uni- universal compliance inside the the essay well um I don't universally comply good luck with your program yeah <laughs> but what happens if I don't leave. Yeah, I mean, what's going to happen? Wait, wait, wait. I don't want to leave. I'm going to starve to death, I want to stay right here, and I want to use gold and silver to transact well, business and buy to, products. you're allowed to, and he goes into that, actually. If you'd like, I can bring that really? up next. Yes. I'm allowed to use... Okay, it's, it's just this is a world of contradictions. Fascinating. If you've got comments, 800-259-9231. Also, uh, your experiences talking to socialists. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net. Toll free line for you. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Once again, that's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features totally free. That We do ask that you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Learn about the program. It's very simple. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. Over 340 of our listeners have become Free Talk Live amplifiers because they like the show and they want to help spread it. That's what it's all about. All the features on the website are free, so it's not like you're paying for our website. That's that's something we provide on the house. But it's in, it's above and beyond all that. It's a voluntary option where you send us $3 a month at least, and then we take that in and turn it around into advertising for, for Free Talk Live. We buy ads in Talkers Magazine, for instance, and uh, spread the message uh, of the show to other radio stations, get on more stations. We buy ads on the Internet to get more Internet listeners on board. We're going to a uh, big talk radio convention uh, in Los Angeles next week, and that's all being paid for by our amplifiers. These are all things we wouldn't be able to do uh, if it weren't for listeners like you contributing 3 bucks a month. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com, learn more about it, learn how we're spending the money, learn about the perks that you'll get access to. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Back with more of this socialist maniac here in moments, but first to Brandon in Japan. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Brandon. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing great. What's on your mind? Wow, you guys picked a real winner with this email here. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. So let me, let me before I start running down my points, let me just make sure that I... Let me make sure you're talking really... directly into your phone. It's, uh, it's kind of cutting out a little bit. Okay. Can you hear me now? Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So let me make sure that I... Fully have this completely down, so that I, so when I make my points, I I'm, I don't I'm think you'll be able. I don't think yeah. you're going to be able to be successful here. Fully, but go ahead. completely down. Good luck. I'd like okay. to hear your interpretation of what we've been okay. doing. So, so let me understand this. So we have a fully voluntary system that everyone has to comply to, that has government issued credits that are non-transferable between individuals. That's correct. That's well, correct. Well, he okay. will claim up and down that they are not government issues, that private companies will issue them as they do today with paychecks, but they'll issue the credits. But he doesn't understand that why would they have any incentive to issue them. But he seems right, to right, think right. that that's going to happen. So he claims okay. that they're not government issued. Okay, but the main point is that they're non-transferable between individuals. Right? Correct. 
Okay. So, but we also in this society want to help other people out, correct? Yes. That's the whole point of this. So the whole pillar oh. of this utopia is that we're going to have uh, people help each other. So what if I want to voluntarily give somebody credits to help them? I can't do you that. You cannot do that. That's correct. So I can't voluntarily help them. So how would I uh, help somebody who I see on the street who, for whatever reason, uh, is hurting or is handicapped or, for whatever reason, is physically unable to be this good plumber, and therefore, because they are not a good plumber... You won't need to. You won't need to, Brandon. Uh, The government will help them. But wait, there's no government. But wait, wait, somebody... He said earlier there's going to be a government assistance program for people that can't work and the people that refuse to work, they're going to get to live in government housing. Correct. So you won't even come across those people, Brandon. They'll be in the little government housing areas. Dying in a hail of gunfire because that's what happens in (laughs) government housing. (laughs) Well, his government housing will be different. I'm sure it will. Right. So my, my next question is, if we're having this, this government oversight, um, how, does, how does our uh, future philosopher king uh, plan on combating the uh, corruption that is inevitably going to happen in this system? Oh, well, I can, understand. I, can, I can guess on that, and Julia, you can answer in a moment, but I'm guessing that uh, there won't be a government. It'll just be him. Him and his board of uh, maybe his assistants or whatever. That, so he won't be corrupt, Brandon. But what, what do you think, Julia? All right, well, here's what he says. He says, in that credits cannot be transferred, corruption is dead, and the black market is gone. Illegal <laughs> aliens are out of luck, which I don't even know why he addresses illegal aliens. Because it's universal socialism. <laughs> Global socialism. There are, however, plenty of places for people to work on farms and such where employers cannot afford to pay standard rates for legal citizens. So he doesn't even Hold really on, the address... Employers yeah. are paying now? I thought the employers didn't pay. Well, they're paying credits, I guess. Oh, God. It's <laughs> but how do they get no. them? They well, d- if we have universal compliance, then how is anyone an illegal alien? How is anyone an illegal well, alien? Well, that's what's so funny yeah. about the email is that he talks... At first, he sort of talks it like it's his magic land and everything's perfect, but he goes in and out from the way things are currently and Robert's magic land. So it's very confusing. Amazing. Brandon, thank you for the call. We've got to let you go. Your uh, VoIP line's kind of iffy. 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll free line. What, um, what else did you want to highlight here, Julia? I mean, we've got uh, a couple issues that we've touched on. He's got a response. Where, where did you want to go next with this? All right, I guess where I wanted to go next was uh, how he would accept silver, for example. I asked if, um, if I was allowed to trade silver if I chose. Um, so I say, uh, I don't like your rules and I don't like your money. Am I allowed to operate as I please outside your system? He says, are you anywhere? And see, this is where he goes again, back to our current system. As logic dictates, as long as you are not upsetting or infringing on the rights of other citizens, you are not expressly breaking laws. Do as you wish. So that's good, right? Um, you want to trade silver? Go ahead. As you buy silver to use as a secondary currency, its value will increase. More people will buy silver as a result, and soon it will peak. No one will be able to sell it. And since stores don't accept Hold on. it... Where the people were buying it, though. Why wouldn't people be able to sell it? Because stores won't accept it. He doesn't explain why but stores won't accept it. it. People are buying it, and they're demanding it. People, right, and if you were allowed stores to... stores so people would want it. Right, but he, it's, it's he just doesn't... Fallacious. Poof! Right, yeah. then he shifts over into fantasy land, where um, he believes that everyone will want his system more than they want nice pretty silver and gold that they can use to actually transact business, unlike his little government system. Correct. Is there more? 
Um, I guess where I'd like to take this next, I'd like to finish it up because there is just so much yeah. here that I really can't go through it all. Sure. Um, you know what I'd really like you to do? I don't know if this is a bad form or whatever, but maybe you could post his uh, emails on our bulletin board system. And see what kind of responses we get. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of fun. You know, I really wish he would have called in, uh, especially to talk, talk to Brandon, because Brandon has some really great questions. Sure. We all have great questions, and, and that's just it. He, he's going to have to answer a lot of questions eventually. I mean, he's going to have to get on not just radio shows. He's going to have to get on television programs. He's going to have to have an Internet blog. He's going to have to have a major presence in order to propel these ideas to, uh, to the level of prominence that they're going to need in order to be universally complied with. So he needs to start to, he needs to really firm this up and uh, start promoting these concepts. And if you can't even handle questions from little old free talk live then, uh, you know, how well are you going to do with the rest of the uh, the media? And now the rest of the media might fawn all over him, for all I know. I don't really know, but I just think it's sad. No, I, I don't think that. I think they would ignore him entirely. As a, as a crackpot. Let's go to Jacob in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Jacob. Hi. Hey, what's um, on your mind? The Brandon from, uh, I guess it was Japan, he, yeah. he mentioned about uh, the credits, uh, that if you wanted to give them voluntar- uh, voluntarily to someone that... Uh, that probably wouldn't be allowed in this crazy system. Um, but I hear similar things um, from people, you know, so-called progressives and so on uh, today just about voluntary charity. You know, when someone like Bill Gates or any other, you know, major philanthropist gives away money, they question his motives and they don't believe in anybody, you know, is giving away this money and their time sincerely. And it's a very common... Except mo- Al Gore. Uh, right, except people like that. Uh, they don't believe, you know, people, if they want to give out charity, are doing it sincerely. And socialists, you know, so what, you know, are your thoughts on that sort of mentality uh, that's so common among socialists? You know, it's only be the it's hate, me, me, hate, me. I'm right and everyone else is wrong. Hatred of the rich. Right. But they're not selfish. Only some rich, though. Al Gore's, I think he would be considered rich. Well, you know, he's, he's, he's pushing the agenda, and that's a good thing. I see. It's all about um, my ideas are right, and everyone else should follow them, and anyone who disagrees is an evil person. And, and, and under the system that we propose on Free Talk Live, the free market, if you want to go live on a little commune where everybody shares their wealth together, then you'd be free to do that. But under his system, we all have to follow orders or risk getting shot. Now, they refuse to admit that they're going to utilize guns to, uh, to impose their order on everyone, but the history of socialism shows differently. The history of government shows differently. Yeah. All right, I guess... What, Jacob, any other thoughts? Uh, no, I don't, uh, I don't no, even know if I answered your question. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate I, it. 800-259-9231. We're so short on time. Julia, your thoughts? I guess I'd like to close up by... Um, I asked him, because uh, he, he just claimed that social freedoms would not be a problem, um, that they wouldn't go away under his system. So I asked him to explain it. He says, It would no way benefit government to remove social freedoms. It would, however, cause unrest and make government less stable. Why would an organization intentionally and knowingly remove your freedoms if wow. it meant... This guy really, he doesn't even pay attention to what goes on in the world. Fantasy Why would the government land. remove freedoms? Hello? Yeah, sure, it does cause unrest. That much he's right about. It does make people angry, but they do it anyway because they can. More power. Yeah. Power. And if they get rid of the right freedoms and more people come out and vote for them, get rid of some more freedoms. And they love votes. More on the way. Hour three's coming up. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. 
With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. As we launch into hour number three, you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. Enjoy them. They're on us. freetalklive.com. Well, we spent the entirety of the second hour of the show reviewing some crazy emails from a guy who believes he has the solution to all of the world's problems. If we would only just implement his plan, the world would be a wonderful, happy place to live. And we uh, we dissected and we went into it and uh, and it's just a it's just a nutty plan. But unfortunately, there are a lot of people out there with delusions of grandeur like this man. Um, there are a lot of people who believe that if you would just put me in charge. I have the answer. I am the world's salvation. Just put me in charge. Uh, implement my plan and my concepts and everything will be okay. So he's not the only one. He's just one of many. And so the idea that this one guy is going to be able to get his plan um, uh, activated around the world and universally complied with, especially on a voluntary basis, is absolute insanity. It is. Especially with all of the other... I mean, even if he wasn't going up against free marketeers and libertarians and uh, small government people, even if he wasn't going up uh, against people like us, which he will inevitably be, he'd also be going up against all of the other socialists with their grand scheme, which may differ in some ways from his. And they're not going to want to implement his scheme either. They're going to want their grand scheme implemented. So good luck to him getting that, uh, that, um, that system applied. Let's go to the email box, since we're still talking socialists, and I want to hear from you if you've got uh, interactions with them, if you've had uh, interesting experiences dealing with, talking to, or attempting to talk to socialists. Because, Julia, throughout your uh, two weeks in emailing this guy, all you really did, now I haven't actually read your emails, but you've read some excerpts of them to me, as you have tonight, but you asked this guy question after question. And did you ever enumerate the questions, like question number one, question number two? You no. You never got that far? I was going to in my very last email. Because what he was doing was dodging them. Like Correct. Like he would say that he had already answered it, even though he obviously hadn't answered it to your satisfaction, because you had to ask it. And so you were very, very nice to him. And yeah. And what was his progression as far as how he handled you throughout the uh, the emails that were sent? Well, he started out really nice. He said that he was glad that I responded because everyone else gave him vague and vague responses, and I was able to help him improve on his essay. And towards the end, he started getting really condescending, kept calling me dear and girl. Mm-hmm. and um, Even got, though you're older than him. Correct. And he told me I was far too young to resist change. Isn't which, he the same age as you? Uh, actually, he's a, a year or two younger than me. Okay. And um, you know, as a result of all of these uh, interactions, now were you mean to, mean to this guy at all? Never, never, not once. Just ask questions. So, but but he called you condescending things like "dear" and "honey," um, just to kind of belittle you and call you called yeah, you too young. Yeah, just to make me feel like and dumb. I guess. At the end of it all, he uh, pulls you off as of his MySpace friends. Correct. Right. He got really nasty in the last email address. Told me he or last asking email, questions. You were just asking not, questions. He would not. Uh, come on the show he said he would not listen and he did not ever want to receive an email from me again 
just because go. I challenged his belief system. You know, yep. and, and and now that you're not his MySpace friend, your your picture doesn't show up in one little spot in the internet. I know. I am just torn. His yep. power is so devastating. 800-259-9231. I just found it interesting that you were nothing but uh, calm and cool and collected the entire time, and he continued to get more and more upset every single email that passed. You know, when you challenge somebody's belief system, they uh, they react in interesting ways, that's for sure. In fact, I've got an email from Lyndon in Canada that's going to address that. But first, we're going to the phones and to Jeff in Oregon. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hello, Jeff. Hi, great to talk to you guys again. I saw you there at the Liberty Forum last week. Excellent. It's hard to believe it's already been an entire week since then. Yeah, I've been me. I was thinking I would get in Monday and then Tuesday, and the week rolled in. My plane got delayed, so I ended up getting in about midnight here. And uh, the flight back was pretty uh, horrendous. And then I have all this catching up to do from from being gone <laughs> um, from from the last half of last week. But sure. I, I, the Liberty Forum was just fantastic. It got me really excited. I got to meet all sorts of great people. I had a I got to sit at a table with uh, Bill Westmiller of the Republican um, Liberty Caucus. Sweet. Uh, I got books signed by John Stossel and Michael Badnerick. I got to meet nice. you guys. I got to hang out with Gard at a restaurant and um, Gardner Goldson. Um, JP. Yeah. The state, um, the the New Hampshire State um, Libertarian Party secretary gave me a tour of historic downtown Concord. Very cool. I mean, there was just so much to do, so many neat people to meet. You said you got excited. Um, What got you the most excited about the uh, the Liberty Forum? I I guess one of the main things was just seeing so many liberty-oriented people together in one place and and having a real hope that things can change. It's it's surreal, isn't it? Being around mm-hmm. that many like-minded people, and and just the you know the the messages and and um, guards uh, talk at the beginning was just so great that he could film the last minute there um, uh, for Sharon Harris and just um, and and I really dug his talk because he's talked a lot about the the history and the background uh, of this, some you know John Locke and and uh, Rousseau and some of these influences that people aren't really aware of, except for as they you know, filter in through the ideas floating around. Sure, it was a nice little history lesson of the libertarian uh, movement. I learned a number of things from it because I'm, just, I'm not much of a historical guy, and uh, Gardner is, and uh, was very interesting and informative. Now, you said you got excited, and I wonder if that's going to transfer into some extra enthusiasm to maybe um, join the Free State Project. Are you already a member? If so, are you going to move sooner rather than later? What are you, where are you at with all that? I, I am a member, and I think I actually am going to move sooner than later. I'm still trying to, you know, work out the things here at home, but the, some things have happened in my life where it looks like I may end up moving <laughs> sooner rather than later. That's due, fantastic. Due to, uh, circumstances. So well, yeah, I got to say, people need to get here as soon as they possibly can. Um, start thinking now about all the strings that you need to tie up where you are. Start strategizing. Create a plan as to tying up those strings when you want to have them tied up by, and then get ready to go because uh, you know the tyranny is on the rise in America, and the only thing that's going to stop it is a sense of urgency in getting people together sooner rather than later. So thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you, Jeff, and hope to see you in New Hampshire um, as soon as possible. And that goes out to everybody that is has been considering a move to the Free State as part of the Free State Project to get active in the so-called Second American Revolution time is of the essence here. Uh, The government is not stopping. They're not stopping and waiting for us to arrive. They're continuing to create more programs and more bureaucracy. We're putting the brakes as best, um, you know, the the 200 movers for the Free State Project that have moved already um, are 
are put, doing their best to put the brakes on government, but we can only go after a couple of selected issues and then hopefully, hopefully forestall the um, legislatures from passing more mm-hmm. stuff. But more people means more likelihood things get stopped sooner. And then at some point, we start progressing forward. Instead of stopping them... There'll be a turning point. There will be. The tide will shift towards liberty instead of just uh, defensing. Uh, Instead of defensive mode, we'll be able to, uh, for instance, introduce new legislation that will drastically reduce the size of government, that will repeal uh, existing government bureaucracies, cut down the uh, the budgets, uh, make it so that property taxes will lessen. Maybe dramatically. Maybe uh, we can get the government out of schooling eventually if we have enough support. But it's going to take support. It's going to take movers, people coming in here and and settling here and making a new life here for themselves, making friends with the locals and showing them that liberty is the answer, that freedom is the solution. And the more people we have here, the more popularized the ideas will become. And the key is, to me at least, this is how I see it, and you might disagree if you do, 800-259-9231, but I think popularizing these ideas is so critical. I mean, Julia, you work with the public every single day, and already the New Hampshire public is is of a general liberty mindset. Much it, more so than Florida, for example, where right. we came from. If they were to discover that there was this burgeoning movement that actually might have a chance of reducing taxes, would it, would it be possible to get some of them excited and maybe get on board? Absolutely. I feel when I talk to people at my job that most of them agree with me. They don't like the taxes, but they all feel defeated. They feel like there's absolutely nothing they can do to stop it, and they feel like they should be happy with what they have because we don't have a state income tax mm-hmm. yet. Yep. And so I, 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 what are we supposed to be happy with once they do have a state income tax? That we don't have a sales tax yet. But we do have a sales tax already, just about everything um, except for stuff. You know, some stuff. The flame of liberty, my point is, the flame of liberty has not yet been extinguished no. entirely in New Hampshire. The rest of the country, I don't know about. But here, it's still there, and uh, we can help cultivate it. And you can help us if you move here sooner. Head over to freestateproject.org for more information there. More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the pack at 8.net, toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Place to go. All sorts of interesting features there, totally free, including the wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. There are over a thousand pages that have been created by listeners like you. It's like the listener editable version of our website. See what I mean? By heading over to wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. LegalZoom.com. All right, so we've been talking about crazy socialists this particular hour, and one of our emailers had a story to tell. Lyndon from Canada. Ian and Mark, I've podcasted every show since last summer after a friend turned me on to Free Talk Live at the Liberty Summer Seminar in Orono, Ontario last summer. Last night, two of my best friends finally had it out with me. They took to me uh, they took me to task for wearing a T-shirt that on the front says, Capitalism Heals, and on the back it reads, Socialism Kills. It began with one of them saying that you might as well be wearing a shirt that says, I love Hitler. Oh, Jesus. And so began the exorcism. Lyndon says it's like an exorcism when people hear libertarian ideas for the first time. Just watching them get totally emotional so quickly was incredible. 
It's just so difficult to explain anything to anyone when they're so emotional. But I kept calm, and I tried to see if I could get anywhere with them, although at times it was like herding cats. I used Ian's example of, well, how many people does it take to make it okay? Meaning, um, gun, uh, pointing a gun at somebody and robbing them. How many people does it make it, uh, make it all right? And because so on. that's the idea of democracy. Right, just a quick recap in case you've never heard the example before. I, I find it pretty powerful. Uh, the idea is that if we're all created equal, if a man uh, is man equals man, then uh, you don't have the right to point a gun at your neighbor or your friend and take things from him, do you? No one's going to say. No, most, most people who aren't overtly psychopathic are going to say, uh, are, are going to, most people are not going to agree with that. They're going to say, yeah, of course I can't take money from my friend or neighbor with, at gunpoint. Well, what if you get ten people on your side and you all go over to the neighbor's house and point guns at them? Does that make it okay? No, of course it doesn't. That's wrong. It's wrong to point guns at people. Well, then how many people does it take to make it all right? 51%? 51% of the voters, yeah. which isn't even a majority of the people. So, that's, close. so he made that point. He says, I realized Ian was right when he told Mark not to use the word capitalism anymore. It really has been hijacked to mean something other than the definition of an economic system free from government interference. This word has been tainted by the lefties, the media, and public schools. It's gone the way of the word liberal, which used to have a much better definition than it does today. In fact, uh, the, another term for libertarian is classical liberal and also paleoconservative. So, I mean, all these terms have been ruined by popular culture and society and, and government schools. He says, but last, or Lyndon, I presume it's a guy, but last night we went through, uh, we went through everything from Walmart to healthcare to sweatso- uh, sweatshops and child labor. When it came to sweatshops, I asked, well, why do they line up for miles to get jobs in these factories and then return every day to work if it's so bad? They told me that in Malaysia, the police go around rounding up people to work in sweatshops, including children. I told them that I even said, if, that's slavery. <laughs> that's right. Even if that's true, then who's doing the rounding up? The corporation or the government? Well, they claimed it was the corporation's idea, and therefore the corporation's to blame. When it came to Enron, I didn't know enough about what had happened there to properly refute their claim that Enron proves that capitalism doesn't work. And you know what? I don't know a lot about the Enron situation myself. <laughs> Hell, I own some of the stock, and I couldn't wouldn't be able to refute that particular statement. But I don't think that the failure of one company can. Um, I mean, in in that case, I can um, you know refute that socialism is a failed uh, system too, because uh, Vietnam, China, uh, at Soviet Union, Poland, yep. all these other socialist governments didn't work. You can find one company. I can tell you ten countries. I also don't know anything about Enron. I did not pay attention to that. But John Stossel brought that up in his speech. Really? So I'd assume that uh, that was at the Liberty Forum, by the way. So I'd assume that he might know something about it. And he used it as an example of how the marketplace took care of that situation by outing Enron. Well, Enron had to do with wasn't it insider trading? Yeah, that was going on. Well, not 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 so, so much, not quite so much insider trading, but they were lying about how much money they made. Right. Um, they were using you know this kind of creative uh, creative accounting that uh, you know was essentially lying and and therefore getting people to buy their stocks at higher and higher va- values. Mm-hmm. And you know, of course, the uh, the, the CEO guys had um, stocks, so they were making more and more money every time they drive it up. And, and corporations are publicly traded corporations, obviously need to make profits every single quarter. Sure. Otherwise, you know they're 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 going to lose value. No one has ever said on this show that the free marketplace wouldn't include scam artists. Sure, it would. Um, they'd still be out there, but once they're outed, they can be successfully ostracized. 
and we wouldn't necessarily need government in order to uh, to out and ostracize Enron. You could just simply reveal that uh, you could reveal what they've been up to, um, and if they denied the allegations, then they could take you to arbitration to prove that that's not actually the case, and they could save their name. But otherwise, then they'd have a, quite a black mark on their record, and who would want to continue doing business with them after that? Anyway, he says at the end of the day, they both claimed they were not socialists. I said if you don't at least believe in small government, then you believe in varying degrees of socialism. They said that that's like saying you're either with us or you're against us. At the end of it all, I thought that the next time I'll say free market or open market instead of capitalism, but there's no way in hell I'm going to deep-six my shirt. Thanks, <laughs> says Lyndon. 800-259-9231. So more evidence that uh, capitalism as a word is dead. Uh, if you use that term, people will misunderstand. They'll think you're a robber baron. They'll think you're a bad guy. They're, they'll think you're greedy and evil. And it's unfortunate that that's happened to uh, to just a, it's just a word. It just defines an economic system. That's all. It just defines uh, capitalism, uh, taking capital, investing it in order to uh, make life better, in order to make more capital so you can invest that, create more products and services to give to people on a voluntary basis, to sell to people on a voluntary basis. It's a shame that uh, words have been destroyed in that way. But that's what happens when you let the government control things. That's what happens when the government is uh, defining vocabulary. Eh, I'm not sure that the government's... uh, Well, socialists enjoyed uh, their peak... And, you know, somewhere around the 70s, I believe, um, you know, they, they, they managed to supplant the uh, Democratic Party and they, they enjoyed, uh, the, you know, the rise and the fall of their, their political system. And they managed to supplant the Republican Party. I understood. But the Republican Party has only um, reacted to the Democrats and therefore and they see that the government grows and, mm. and that kind of thing. They're both socialist. I agree. But, um, you know, I wouldn't say that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think that I hope that libertarianism enjoys the uh, same rise and fall that socialism's had. Maybe it will. I mean, we've already at seen, least the same rise. We've already seen evidence of people sort of being attracted to the word libertarian. I was looking at a, a talker's interview with Glenn Beck, another talk show host, host one of the national ones uh, with hundreds of stations or whatever, and he identified he self-identified as a libertarian. Which is not the case. No. He's on the air here in, uh, in Keene during the midday shift. And he says shift. nothing libertarian. No. He's, uh, he was, all he was talking about today was Islam and, uh, and how evil they are, etc., etc. Of course, if you support uh, preemptive war, you, you don't qualify as a libertarian. But nonetheless, it's evidence of the fact that libertarianism is coming into its own, finally, I think. It, because people want to self-identify as that term. It's cool to be a libertarian. That's good to some extent, but at the same time, it's also going to lead to the downfall of the term because people will start to misunderstand. People who aren't libertarians will be identified as libertarians, which means people won't understand what libertarianism really is. More on the way. That's why we need to talk about free markets. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 1-800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, including updates you get signed up for the updates. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Updates.freetalklive.com. 
Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. So in case the socialist that you were writing back and forth with, Robert, happens to listen to this show, I wanted to share a little bit of, uh, well, information, something that he should pay close attention to. In fact, all socialists who happen to be listening to Free Talk Live in uh, should pay attention to this information. It's by our old friend Harry Brown. I don't know if I can officially call him a friend. I wish I would have had time to uh, to become friends with Harry, but I did have the opportunity to meet him, and uh, and that, of course, was an honor. As we mentioned in hour number one, he died uh, a year and a day ago. And so sort of to, to honor him, to remember him, I, I selected my favorite Harry Brown article because he's written so many of them over the years, and they're all archived at harrybrown.org. So if you want to go and read on various different topics, they're all there. But since we've been just sort of on a general theme of socialism versus the free market, I thought it, was a, it would be appropriate uh, to, uh, to read the article entitled The Seven Never-to-Be-Forgotten Principles of Government. These are things that they do not teach you in government schools. Why? Well, because government schools are run by the government and they have no interest whatsoever in uh, bad-mouthing their own institution. But these are all irrefutable points, and they're, it's kind of like a, almost a, a shortened version, a truncated version of his excellent book, Why Government Doesn't Work. Like the, the, the bullet points that you need to know about government. And if you disagree with any of these seven, please call in and we'll discuss. 800-259-9231. Harry Brown. He says it's easy to think sometimes that a new government program, law, or regulation could cure a pressing social problem. And in our case with Robert, he thinks that he's got an entire plan, not just a program, right. but an entire plan that will cure everything. Whether it's a desire to end abortions, keep the wrong people out of the country, make your city drug-free, stop corporate frauds, crack down on criminals, or make health care more accessible and less expensive, you can imagine how the right new law could make everything okay. But when you get that kind of thought... I hope you'll remember the seven principles that apply to all government programs, not just the ones you oppose. The principles. Number one, government is force. Every government program, law, or regulation is a demand that someone do what he doesn't want to do, like use your lousy government credit system. Refrain from doing what he does want to do, like not smoke marijuana, or pay for something that he doesn't want to pay for. And those demands are backed up by police with guns. You expected force to be used only against the guilty, but we can see how the drug war, foreign wars, asset forfeiture, the Patriot Act, and other government activities have used force just as often against the innocent, people who've not intruded on anyone else's person or property. In fact, government force is used more often against the innocent than the guilty, because the guilty make it their business to understand the laws that apply to them and steer clear of them. Meanwhile, the innocent, thinking they've nothing to fear, suddenly find they've innocently violated laws they've never heard of. Mm. Number two, government is politics. Whenever you turn over the gov- to the government a financial, social, medical, military, or commercial matter, it's automatically transformed into a political issue to be decided by those with the most political influence. And that will never be you or I. Politicians don't weigh their votes on the basis of ideology or social good. 
they think in terms of political power, which is another factor, going back to our uh, friend Robert from last hour, another factor that's working against Robert. He wants universal compliance. He wants everybody to take uh, this his plan and run with it. But not only is he going to face opposition from Free Talk Live and free marketeers and libertarians and small government people, he's also going to face opposition from fellow socialists that have a different plan. He'll also face opposition from entrenched politicos who don't want to let go of the power that they've got. Right. Why would they want a new plan that works better than um, the plan that they have that's paying them rather well? Right. The plan they, the plan they have not only is paying them a paycheck, but it's also giving them all sorts of political benefits uh, also. They're not going to want to give that up. They're not going to let you implement your plan. Number three, you don't control government. It's easy to think of the perfect law that will stop the bad guys while leaving the good guys unhindered, but no law will be written in the way that you have in mind. It won't be administered in the way you have in mind and won't be adjudicated in the way you have in mind. Your ideal law will be written by politicians for political purposes. Remember, uh, political purposes involve rewarding friends and punishing enemies, not fairness and adjudicated by judges appointed for political purposes. So don't be surprised if the new law turns out to do exactly the opposite of what you thought you were originally supporting. Number four, every government program will be more expensive and more expansive than anything you had in mind when you proposed it. It'll be applied in all sorts of ways you never dreamed of. When Medicare, for instance, was initially passed in 1965, the politicians projected its cost in 1992 to be $3 billion. $3 which is equivalent to $12 billion when adjusted for inflation to $1992. The actual cost in 1992 was, take a guess. Uh, let's see. 12, $50 did billion. You say, did you say 12? Uh, the uh, inflated, yes. $12 billion was, was what their estimate was. Well, we usually say four to eight times, so I'm going to take 48 to uh, 96. Close. $110 billion. <laughs> Nine times as much. And when Medicare was enacted, section, uh, section 1801 of the original law specifically prohibited any bureaucratic interference with the practice of medicine. <laughs> Today, not one word of that protection still applies. The federal government owns the healthcare industry lock, stock, and barrel. The new program you support will eventually include all sorts of powers and privileges that you can't even imagine right now. Because government inevitably grows beyond its original intentions. Number five, power will always be misused. Give good people the power to do good, and that power eventually will be in the hands of bad people to do bad. As Michael Cloud pointed out, the problem isn't the abuse of power, it's the power to abuse. Give politicians power, and it certainly will be abused eventually. If not by today's politicians, then by their successors. As PJR Works said, giving money and power to politicians is like giving whiskey and car keys to teenage boys. Number six, government doesn't work. Because government is force, remember principle number one, because government programs are designed to enrich the politically powerful, and because you can't control government and make it do what's right, because every new government program soon wanders from its original purpose, and because politicians eventually misuse the power that you give to them, it's inevitable that no government program will deliver on the promises the politicians make for it. For years, I've asked listeners during radio interviews to name a government program that has actually delivered on its promises, and no one has been able to do so. And I don't think they ever they ever did in Harry's entire history of doing his radio show and doing outreach and talking to people in person about liberty. You just can't find these. You just can't find examples of government actually delivering on its promises. We've asked the question before on this show. I mean, the best thing, the best that people can come up with is the National Weather Service. 
And that's certainly not something that we need government to handle, and they're certainly not right. <laughs> well, the National Weather the, that's pretty good. The National Weather Service is probably the uh as far as I know, the least screwed up government agency out there. And and but you don't even know much about it. I don't it. know much about it. We don't know how the, much it costs. We don't know No, how you're much. right about that. So anyway, if you think there's a successful government program, you probably don't know how much it actually costs, aren't aware of all of its destructive side effects, have no idea how easily and inexpensively such a thing could be done outside of government, and or basing your view of its success on political propaganda. It doesn't matter whether a program is supposed to do something you want or something you don't want, whether the program is something you consider a proper function of government or something beyond its limits. It won't work. Government programs always wind up disappointing you. I mean, look at, as a perfect example, people believe that government's supposed to be there as a safety net. I got an email about this supposed safety net. Well, look what happens when you put personal safety in the hands of government. You get a debacle like Hurricane Katrina. Hmm. You get a, a situation where people are waiting for simple things like food and water, and the government can't hack it. In fact, the government's turning around private agencies like Walmart that are actually trying to do that job. Right, well, they don't have the right papers. It's a sickness. There's a seventh principle that is always applied to uh, government. We'll address that and your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying my house. Uh, it's for sale. <laughs> and I'm probably going to put it on the marketplace uh, at some point in the near future, but I figured I'd offer it to my listeners first. Are you kidding what? What's wrong with that? What about my house? I've got a house that's up for sale. Well, okay. No. If you can make an easy... Anybody w- wants to move to uh, Sarasota, Florida, there's two houses for sale. There are two houses for sale. Um, and I'll sell it mine at a lower price than Mark will sell his. I I, it's worth less. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, now, my house is a nice house. It is a very nice house. And, You've done a lot to it. And uh, the, Yes, I have done a lot to it, and it's within... Mine has a bigger yard. <laughs> it's within maybe a two minutes of the beach or something like that? Three minutes? Five all? minutes? I mean, it's not Sarasota. very far at all. It's like two miles away. It just depends on the traffic. And uh, so it's up for sale, and if, you want, if you're seriously interested in having a house down in Florida, in sunny Sarasota, Florida, then I suggest you go over to house.freetalklive.com and take a look at the details. Oh, there's a house. There what, is a well, house. Well, how come mine isn't at house.freetalklive.com? You want to give then me you a have percentage? to change it to houses. No. You want to give me a percentage to help you sell your house? <laughs> you want me to be here tomorrow to help you do your show? That's funny. Julia's <laughs> sitting here. She can come in. Oh, good. We'll sell mine first, Mark, the, and then the we'll work on yours. The anarchist couple does a radio show. We'll, uh, we'll work on yours after mine sells. We'll see if that works first. Uh, so house.freetalklive.com. Get all the details. If you're, if you're, if you're serious about it, then uh, get in touch with me, and, uh, and we'll negotiate. But otherwise, I'm going to have to hire a realtor and sell it to somebody locally, and I don't want to do that. I'd rather have you have it. House.freetalklive.com. <laughs> All right, and there's other ways to uh, support the show. Bizarre. Uh, I'm just trying. I'm trying alternative methods here. Yes. You know, I don't want to pay free. that. It's free. Right. I don't want to pay that realtor uh, whatever it is they charge. I mean, I don't even know what they charge. It's um, several percent. You, well, you can negotiate it down, but how about seven? Yeah. Whoa. Place to start. Whoa. Six to seven. Is that seven total for both realtors, or how does no. that work? Seven percent, and then it's split between the realtors. Oh, okay. So I don't have to pay 14 percent. No. No, no. All right. Well, anyway, but I uh, got my guy down to uh, five and a half. 
That's good. All right, so we're talking about uh, we're talking about the seven never to be forgotten principles of government by Harry Brown, um, one of my major influences. I consider myself a Harry Brown libertarian. He uh, unfortunately passed away a year and a day ago, and it's one of my favorite articles by him. And I thought it was important to bring up tonight, especially since we were talking about socialism and belief in government and people's obsession with the idea that government can create uh, the ends that they're looking for. And as Harry Brown points out, they can't. Um, for several reasons. Number one, government is force. Two, government is politics. Three, you don't control the government. Four, every government program will be more expensive and expansive than anything you had in mind when you proposed it. Five, power will always be misused. And six, government doesn't work. His seventh and final point is that government must be subject to absolute limits. And this is sort of where Harry and I diverge. I think Harry sort of had the small government mentality simply so he could run for office. Uh, but the rest of his philosophy definitely falls in the free marketeer uh, philosophy. But number seven, because politicians have every incentive to expand government and with it their power, there must be absolute limits on government. The Constitution provides the obvious limits that we must reimpose on the federal government. Until the Constitution's enforced, we have no hope of containing the feds. The present system of unlimited powers, like giving a drunken stranger a set of signed blank checks on your bank account, you're reduced to relying on the honesty and integrity of people you don't even know. And they abuse that trust again and again. Whether you think government should be bigger or smaller than the limits specified in the Constitution, the first step is to restore absolute limits. And then, if you like, I would agree with that. work to change those limits to ones that would be more to your liking. So, the next time you're tempted to think that some government program is just what this country needs, ask yourself these questions. Number one. Do I really want to use force to make this happen? Do I have any idea how many families might be destroyed by giving the government another tool to be enforced with fines in prison terms? Number two, do I really believe that George Bush, Teddy Kennedy, Hillary Clinton, and Trent Lott will have my best interests at heart when they fashion this new program or law? Number three, why should I believe, and, and just in, back to number two, how anyone can possibly believe that government politicians could have any idea what's best for you. Like they care. It is amazing to me. It's just unfathomable. They, not just that they can't know what's best for you, but they don't care what's best for you. Right. It's just who, can, who has the best image, who's able to give the best speech, and rah, rah, that's my guy mm-hmm. or gal, and, you know, maybe. And then, and then you just watch people, but, but it's amazing watching people just fawn all over some politicians. Like I saw at the Hillary Clinton thing when she came here to Keene. Just people just fawning all over her, asking questions. Just, you could tell that they, they were getting the Vespers uh, seeing this woman. And it was just sick. Well, they promote them in the public schools. I teach a, a little girl how to sew on, on Saturday afternoons, and she's 14. And she was excited about Hillary Clinton coming. But she goes to a private school. Well, she goes to a private slash public school similar to the one that you went to. Oh, really? Yeah, I think that it has some public funding. But she well, said, her mom's a Democrat, too. <clears throat> yeah, her, and, but she said that in school they were rallying them up and getting them all excited, and they invited all the schools to go there and mm. stuff. So they really pushed that in the government yep. schools. Number three, why should I believe supporting this program will lead to exactly the solution I believe is right when I have no way to control the outcome? Bureaucrats will be in control, yep. not you. And bureaucrats are uh, useless, virtually. Number four, do I really think that politicians won't expand the scope and cost of this program far beyond what they're talking about today? How you could possibly think that, I have no idea. 
The more they spend, the more they get to spend. They meet their budgets, they exceed their budgets, they get a higher budget the next year. That means more departments, more right. bureaucrats, and, more and, purposes. You know, performance doesn't have anything to do with how much they get compensated. Just spending. Just spending. Number five. In fact, failure in, in some cases can increase um, budgets. In most cases. I, have you ever seen a, a government program get shut down due to failure? Not very often. We just I mean, need more local, money. Local and, um, ones, maybe, but oh, not, but not Mark, government ones. Mark, I, heard, I saw news today that the VA, the top guy, stepped down. One of those big generals in the Army, he big stepped whoop. down. That's going to change everything. The, the, all the, the other, um, you know, tens of of thousands of employees that are um, you know, doing a crappy job at the VA are still there. One guy steps down, and this is supposed to change everything? That's it. They'll take all These the heat off. People Don't look are at not it. motivated by profit to do a good job. Oh, the only thing they're motivi- motivated by as government bu- um, bureaucrats is the only outside motivations is you know, just essentially laziness. But isn't it amazing? It's the same thing that happens every time. Remember after Katrina, the FEMA director stepped down? And, uh, you know, the, the, the news was heralding it as, it's this, this big man in FEMA, he's stepped down. He's stepped down. Everything's going to change now. They're going to appoint someone new to replace him. And that will change the entire bureaucracy. Same thing here with the VA. And so-and-so, I don't know his name, has stepped, does it matter? So-and-so has stepped down from his office at the VA. And this is Brown. going to change. Oh, th- this guy. Uh, this, it really, it doesn't matter who he is. It's the same process. They, they meet up in a room, uh, George Bush. He gets together his people, or whoever gets together, and they say, "Okay, uh, uh, they figured out that uh, they figured it out again that government's incompetent." Uh, that, okay, someone stepped down. This always throws them off the trail. Okay, <laughs> who's it going to be? All right, look, uh, George, you step down. We'll slip you some money under the table. We'll hire you on as a consultant, which is what they did in the FEMA case. You remember? The, the top guy at FEMA stepped down, and then a few months later, we found out that he'd been rehired on as a consultant, consultant. getting paid the exact same amount of money, if not even more, than he'd been paid before. I'm so sure. it's like, all right, George, you step down this time, and uh, we'll bring you back. Or, don't worry, you're still going to get paid. We'll bring you back as a consultant, but it'll look really good, and we people pay, will forget. Uh, pay out of our CIA black operations. Right, people will forget all about this uh, fact that we've been letting soldiers uh, waste away in these ho- hospital rooms or whatever. So same thing over and over again. Number five, do I really want to give politicians this kind of power, knowing that someday the politicians and party I don't like will have it at their disposal? Number six, why in the world should I think this government program will work any better than any government program of the past? Number seven, how can I hope to bring about small, limited government when I'm suggesting a new government program will take us further away from the Constitution? Conclusion, if you really want to cure a pressing social problem, Take steps outside of the realm of government. If you don't see how you can convince people to help you succeed in a non-governmental endeavor, how can you expect to control politicians who care nothing for your desires? And if you really want to make a noticeable difference, if you really want to improve life, do something for yourself or your family today. That's where you have real control. That's where you don't need to rely on politicians or anyone else. And you can make sure the results are as you intend. That's again Harry Brown at harrybrown.org, the place to go to read more of his excellent work. But Patrick emails... I, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to say, you know, I love the point about, um, the, the, the point number six about y- your uh, your political party may not be in charge right now, or may be in charge right now, but mm-hmm. uh, and you're going to implement this program. And, you know, it, it was happening in the Senate and um, recently, I can't remember what it was, um, you know, the Republicans, you know, wanted to be able to do away with the filibuster because the Democrats are like, well, you know, if they had done such a thing, 
um, and and it hadn't got, gotten 50-50, but it, it was there for a very short period of time, weighed in the uh, way of the um, the direction of the Democrats. Wow, it would have worked against them, and it happens all the time. It's Vinny in here with you. And Julia. And Mark. We'll return tomorrow night for the live Saturday edition. Be sure you join us then and join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.